It's episode 51 of the Improv London podcast with this week's guest, Julia Fesselberger. <laughs> You're pronouncing right! <laughs> You're the best. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so, the, last night, uh, what were you doing last night? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, that sounds wrong. Uh, I mean, specifically, there was a We before. were doing improvisation. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the bit I was thinking about. You can tell me about the other bit, but I might do that off mic. Okay, no. Uh, I did a showcase of improvised musical done by the Showstoppers course, and for me it was the first time to sing in front of an audience. I'm like, I'm incredibly proud of myself to be be. be. honest, because it's like it's it's one of my biggest fears. I don't mind people looking at me during theater improvisation, whatever. But during singing, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it went really well and, yeah, had lots of support. So, <laughs> so what inspired you to try improvise singing then? Uh, because for me, it's like I'm currently not working. And for me, it's my year off. And I want to use that to do and tackle all my issues that I have. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> and singing is an issue in right, my case, okay. because I'm just really not a singer. But uh, I want to overcome that fear, yeah. and I think I did yes. to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it felt really... I, I felt really good yeah. after doing it. And so I, encor- I always encourage people to do stuff they feel uncomfortable yeah. doing. Because most of the time, the fear is bigger than the actual thing. Yes, yes. So I find that a big thing in my life, in that when you're actually doing something, you're so caught up in the moment and actually doing it, you don't have time to think about how terrible the thing is. Whereas before you do it, you, all you're doing is thinking about, oh, how terrible that's going to be. So usually I find the doing of the thing is much better than the thinking about the thing. Yeah, I, I totally get you on that one. It's, <laughs> it's like uh, also an improvisation when you stand on the sidelines and you're waiting to jump in and like a lot of people have come before you. Yes. It gets harder and harder because suddenly you're like pressuring yourself. So, yeah, dive into it. <laughs> That's exactly what I do. And especially with jams and things like that, yes. I'm like, Actually, I like to be the first one on because then even if I don't do anything else for the rest of the jam, I think, well, at least I was in once. <laughs> and also, then it gives people the opportunity to bring you back later on. Whereas if you've been stood at the sidelines for longer and longer, it gets harder and harder. I think so too. Uh, even if it's just like uh, supporting noises or, um, or like uh, a person walking behind the scene to complete the picture. Yeah. It's still like that one initiating thing that you do somewhere near the beginning just helps you so much. Yes, yes, definitely. And, you know, the first step is the hardest and the more you do it, the easier it gets. So let's talk about this this year of, is it a year of improvisation? (laughs) Or is it just a year of self-discovery? Or I'm intrigued Uh, by this year off. It sounds a great idea. Yes, I had the idea before I started improvising. 
it was like three years ago, I was like, okay, I worked now for a year and I've never been outside of my country. I'm coming from Austria and I've never like experienced the world right. because I, I come from a not so wealthy family <laughs> and we never had the opportunities yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. So um, I saved money for three years straight and like hard working, working bee <laughs> <laughs> uh, to take my year off now and uh, it strangely has become a year about improvisation. <laughs> I didn't intend to do it, but uh, it actually, I do admit, it was one of the reasons why I came to London. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. in London, you, you just have so much improvisation going on in so many different directions. So many colorful people that are <laughs> like really lovely to work with. And yeah, I mean, I've only been here from four months and I already felt like I've been here for years and know people for... A long period of time. <laughs> Improv Connect. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so, what had you heard about the London scene before you came here? Or, I don't know. Not much. It was like uh, London always was one of my two top cities to go for a longer time. And then I googled like London and Improv, and there was like so much, and it was like, okay, yes. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> Definitely doing that. <laughs> so you had an interest in improv before you came to London? Yes, I've done uh, improvisation back in Austria. All right. What, what was uh, that me, like? Yeah, it took me quite a long time to get there because uh, I'm originally educated in uh, dramatic theatre. Right. And did that from uh, 16 to nearly 20. But uh, the environment was like really poisonous for me, like a lot of people criticizing you as a person and not what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, at that early age, I just wasn't prepared for that. So I kind of dropped out of that. I became a teacher. So uh, for the past years, I've worked as a primary school teacher. And um, over those years, I've done a lot of theater with children so every summer I do a showcase with children where they improvise little scenes and out of that scenes we do they build do a herald no we don't do a herald we we actually build a, a piece uh, where they have scripted text but out of everything they improvise right. and we only have five days to do that wow. so. But they are amazing, like children just dive into it, they, they revel into it. Finally, there's a part in their life where they're not measured by how good they are, but, but just uh, by I'm here and that's good enough. Yeah. And that's so wonderful. So I've done that over the years and then like a um, year and a half ago, about a year and a half ago, um, a friend of mine, she's a singer, she taught improvisation and I myself didn't want to get back into being on a stage, uh, into that environment that like really scarred me for life. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, but she kind of managed to like push me to do one of her classes. <laughs> And I did that, and at first I wasn't sure, and then I was at two sessions of her, two sessions of her, 
and then a third session with a group called Quintessence in Austria. They are amazing. And that third session for me was the point where I was like, okay, that's what I'm doing now. A hundred percent. It's like I, I, I hardly ever feel so comfortable, so alive and so so like energetic as when I do improv. Brilliant. <laughs> so can you remember what you would what you did in those first three weeks or in that third week? I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> you just knew it was. It's, it, it, it was I vaguely remembered going there to the first session and being like, I'm doing that to prove that that's not for me. Right, yes. And then all the people there were so supporting and like non-judgmental of who you are as a person. And that's that's the general theme that runs through the improv scene I've discovered. is like this, this valuation, do you say valuation? Yes. Yes. Of, of people for, for their inner selves for all they bring to the stage, for all they bring to improv right. and the theater, and without like having measurements of that's good and that's bad. Right. You have roles in improv, of course, but to break them, that's the amazing <laughs> thing. <laughs> and I do remember one thing where like, um, with the group Quintessence, um, where um, I met the first uh, uh, how, do, how do you say it? The first for me really inspiring teacher, like um, her name is Garrett, she's amazing. And when I did the first session with her, she had this, uh, this lightness about her. And we did exercises and I felt like in a state of flow. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, like in between those really energetic pushes. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I got into improvising. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds brilliant. So then you, then you, um, and you came. What's your other favorite city, by the way? My other favorite city. Uh, I wanted to go to Dublin. Oh right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's not that far away, but no. still. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious to know what the other the other city was. Um, okay, so then you came to uh, London. What was your first experience of the improv scene here? Of the improv scene, uh, the f- or of London in general. No, I don't mind. Uh, it, of London in general, I, I, I still remember like the day I had two suitcases and I walked out of the airport with my two suitcases standing there alone in the dark because I arrived in the evening, and I was like, "Yep, that's it. <laughs> I'm good here." <laughs> excited and I met so many lovely people over the time that my excitement was like yeah how do you say it help me out Uh, prolonged continued yes (laughs) more or less and then my first improv experience here in London was the Keith Johnston course in September wow where I met loads of lovely improvisers from all over the world yes they all came to London for that one course and uh, then a week later, I started a hoopla course. Brilliant. Where I met the next people, which also was like really lovely. <laughs> and, and over the course of September, I realized, oh my God, I've landed in a city 
where you can do improvisation every day. Yes. That it's, was like. <laughs> isn't that amazing? That was like Christmas in September. Yeah. I never ever want to take that for granted. The fact that every day you could be doing something. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, we have improv in Vienna, and we have, I would say, for a city that's not as big as London, uh, we have quite a lot. Yeah. But not nearly the amount of improv you have here in London. You are lucky, lucky people. <laughs> Um, so, how did you hear about the Keith Johnston course? Uh, I googled. <laughs> nice, brilliant, the internet. It, it, you, sh- it, you should try it, if you haven't tried the internet at home, do try it, it's very good. Yeah, yeah, I I totally like it. recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really, I decided to go to London before I signed up for the course, right. and then I was like, hmm, that's a name I should type in once in a while. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, he's in London. At the same time, I'm in London. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wonderful. So what was yeah. it like training with him? Um, at first, I do admit, and I feel so bad for saying that, <laughs> at first I was a little disappointed because I'm a very energetic doing person mm. and he just uh, brought a lot of knowledge to the course, yeah. like a lot of background. And uh, I had to get over my own expectations because it was more or less my own fault for having those expectations. And when you get over the point where you're like, oh, it's not the thing I wanted, it becomes like, oh, but it's a new thing. New things are exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think I've taken quite a lot, not only for improv, but also for life out of the course. And, Such um, as? Give me details. <laughs> I, give I wasn't details. on the course and I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was like um, that one thing that I clearly remembered because I always felt a little constricted by suggestions from the audience. And he said, suggestions are merely there to connect your brain to a certain area that you combine it with. So for example, if you get a suggestion like apple, it doesn't have to be about an apple. It's about the emotional response and the emotional pictures that apple-like brings up in you. For example, a childhood memory or whatever. It's just like a Kickstarter. And if you use it like that, a suggestion can become really helpful because you surprise yourself even more. Yes. But, um, yeah, he said so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and it, it was also like the, the group there was really lovely because we had people from France, from Holland, from uh, Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the combination of the people was so nice and it was such a relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. So that we didn't only dive into improvisation, but into general uh, life, how you can use improv for your general life. Um, That you you don't always have to worry about the outcome, but that the journey is the important thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's not only for improv, but also for life. Yeah. It's not the thing that comes out in the end. It doesn't matter if you succeed or if you fail. The thing is, you should try, and you should really try, yes. ferociously try, <laughs> <laughs> to to achieve 
whatever you want with that scene or with your life. Yeah. Good, good advice. Good advice. Okay. Um, and then you moved on and you did the hoopla course. Yes, I did the hoopla course with uh, Edgar. Oh, yeah. I love Edgar. Yeah. I've got to get Edgar on the podcast. I've got to get Edgar on the podcast. <laughs> he, um, he taught... Edgar, if you hear this, you have to go to the podcast <laughs> and like, record something. <laughs> Well, because um, when I started, um, I didn't start with Q Johnson, I started with Edgar Fernando. Uh, and it, it was also a strong, strong <laughs> beginning as well. But I didn't really have any expectations, so I, you know, I was disappointed. But no, Edgar's uh, brilliant. I really love Edgar's. Yes. Person. No, it, it was really lovely. Um, and uh, I started to do, because at Keith's course, we did a lot of um, stuff that is with status or where you don't have to be very verbal. Right, yes. So that was the first time I realized, God damn it, English is not my mother's <laughs> <laughs> But it's fine because you learn other things, you know? Yes. It's like um, I've been in a course and I, I've learned to like constantly uh, in my mind look at people's face for clues if yes. I don't understand a word <sighs> so that I still understand what is the emotional content of the scene. Yeah, yeah. So even if I sometimes like uh, get a word like abattoir, <laughs> or I was like, what the hell? <laughs> because that seems to come up quite a lot, especially in audience suggestions. And yes, did, did, did I last realized. night come up last night uh, as one of the suggestions was abattoir, but uh, neatly steered away from that. <laughs> uh, that's really interesting. They, they kind of, so you're reading people's expressions yeah. to try and, yeah. well, it's like, what is he thinking? What is he doing? Where is this going? I w look at his eyes and his mouth, and now he's turning, and now he's doing that with his body. <laughs> so, you, I, I don't know. It's like the physicality for me as a non-native in English mm. is it's so important for me to, to look at all that stuff, because otherwise just one word could throw me into a void of, I don't know what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's really interesting because um, ultimately the scene isn't about an abattoir. It's about the relationship between the people and, you know, the surface details aren't that important. It's actually what's going on between the people. So, you know, you're obviously paying attention to the right thing. Yes, and, and I'm glad that it came that way because... For me, I think I got much faster to the point where I realized that it's the relationship mm, mm. and not um, the witty jokes or uh, that it's like staged in exactly that environment, in that form. Uh, and I think maybe without coming to London and experiencing improv in a um, second language, yeah. it might have taken longer for me to get to that point. Right, yes. But now it's like, as soon as you have the relationship, you can go to so many points yeah. in, in the story yeah. because you suddenly have all those opportunities. And when you don't have that, it's, uh, it feels kind of shallow mm. to a certain point, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, people are interested in the relationship between the characters. They're not interested in whether... There's a famous example about... People aren't interested whether the bike got fixed. No one goes home and goes, well, in that improv scene, it was brilliant. I really, I was really glad they fixed that bike. <laughs> no one ever does that. I can't remember whose example that is. But, uh, but they're you know, they'll remember that, you know, mother-daughter relationship or whatever. So. Yeah. 
and also like uh, it's more than that for me it's like mother daughter isn't exactly a relationship it's like uh it's like rebellious teenager and strict mom for me is more of a relationship than mother and daughter right yes because you have to have a certain attitude towards somebody yes and the attitude defines your relationship and if you have an attitude and you define like the ground of your relationship then you can suddenly start to like break the patterns and go into new directions yes and that's the fun part to do <laughs> it's like first first set the relationship and then go to places with it yeah yeah, yeah. so you're establishing what's normal and then yeah. you're able able to well, you need to establish what's normal before you can then yeah break into yes. other things yeah that's a wonderful thing <laughs> like you can go to so many places <laughs> what's your favorite place to go to <laughs> my favorite place to go to um, i'm really into mafia scenes <laughs> mafia <laughs> like, sayings yes well as in the mafia as in things the mafia say yeah, l l like scenes that involve oh, the mafia. Yes, scenes. Yeah, I thought you said sayings. Yeah, so yeah. I, I thought you had lots of things the mafia. I might also say. like mafia sayings, yeah. like we're oh. going to drown at first. No, yeah, exactly. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it, it, it's more like like mafia that, scenes. Yeah. Wow. Because they have that weird dynamic of like having a very clear order, like right, yes. a very clear picking order, yes. and can, you can't just do so much stuff with it <laughs> and you can drag it in drag it into really serious places yes. or into really nutty places <laughs> so i'm really into that i'm really into western actually all all the things that involve action <laughs> right okay action yes yeah, right, okay. like I, I really like um when a scene is going to a point where you not only talk about a thing, but where you actually do something. Right, yes. That's for me the the main thing I'm always trying to go forward to. Yes. Because talking about a thing is nice, and I really like it. <laughs> it's like sometimes I'm sitting in the audience here in London, and I'm like, wow, that's one damn witty comment. I wish I could say something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I but do that. On the other hand, for me myself, what I enjoy most is like doing physical stuff yes. and like um, stretching the boundaries of physical improv. Right. Where, where you uh, where you do something that would, out of context, look like a person doing something really stupid. Right. Yes. And if you put it in context, it's phenomenal, right. and you're like. Oh my God, that person is flying! <laughs> <laughs> right, but because it makes sense within the scene. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. So if you if you would take like all the verbal stuff away and you will have have only a snippet of a person doing like I don't know like walking downstairs on a stage like miming walking downstairs, it would be like, okay, that's weird. But if you do it on stage, in context, yeah, yeah. it looks so amazing. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you thinking of the thing where... <laughs> when you, when you, so you're walking along stage and you're pretending to go downstairs. Yes. Where you sort of bend your knees more and more. Yes. <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is that there was one night uh, when I'd been out drinking and I'd gone back to a friend's house. 
and they started doing this the thing behind the sofa pretending there was a cellar going down into the cellar and um, I got the hiccups so badly I had to go home oh no <laughs> and then there was another time when I told that story and then I started laughing so much again I got the hiccups again and had to go home a second time so I hope you appreciate the danger I have just telling you just <laughs> remembering that thing <laughs> But that's the wonderful thing about it. Like, uh, improv has this unique quality of bringing up so many emotions because it's very connective to the audience. Yes, yes. It's like, um, I, I hardly know any other form that that is so dependent on that coexistence between audience and mm. stage. Mm. Because as a... Uh, I've seen improv recorded, and it is okay. Yes. But it doesn't have the same quality, and I think that's the that's the big thing about improv and why it's so coming in and up, because you can clearly not record it and achieve the same quality you have when you're sitting in the audience and experiencing the thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I totally agree with the watching, or I even find listening to. Uh, improvised stuff unsatisfying I, is being in the audience that brings the magic but yeah maybe the fact that it is one of those things that it is hard to capture maybe encourages people to go out and see it because they can't get it when they're at home I don't know yeah I think so too and it's I, I mean like uh, out of like brain science it also makes sense right because you're conveying so many truthful feelings in a good improv show. Yes, yes. That, that the spark somehow like goes over to the audience. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't depend if the scene is like super funny. It's more about is that scene something those people really care about and commit to? Yes, yes. And then you, you're sucked into that world. You don't see the stage as yeah. like... A blank black little stage anymore but you see all the surroundings yeah, yeah yeah and it's fascinating how quick your brain adapts to that yeah yeah it's wonderful yeah it is, it is. Um, so you mentioned your interest in the mafia <laughs> so is this an interest you have outside of improvisation or is it is it one <laughs> so this is so it's kind of if you if you were interested in the mafia for example and then you brought that experience into improv that would make sense to me but so are there things you're interested in but only through improv um actually and now I admit something that most people will go like oh my god I've never ever seen The Godfather oh. and I cannot remember ever watching a purely mafia movie right <laughs> it's just like that that image in my head i have a mafia it's like really big and i mean other things i really like to do are western yes and i also i haven't seen loads of western i just really like it <laughs> it's like I, i'm worried about the authenticity of your improvisation I'm worried that yeah, you know, yeah. maybe totally inauthentic. unauthentic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually once brought to um, a Western staged thing a 
pump shotgun. <laughs> so, yeah, your worry is definitely that they have solid ground. <laughs> but then, you know, in improvisation, we're not seeking uh, an historically accurate reenactment of what happened in the West. Um, you know, and if you think about it as, um, I don't know, it's like there's another layer of sometimes when you're improvising, I think about it as we're not seeking to do the historical event, we're seeking to do maybe a film that represents the historical event or something like that. And so there's an extra level in there where, yeah, maybe one of the characters has a shotgun because that's what the, <laughs> the filmmakers thought would be cool and they're not worried about. I mean, you know, no one, no one, no one goes. Yeah, and it's, a, it's again, it's more about the feeling. And for yeah. me, it's it's also another thing I've discovered through improv that like uh, everything you ever do in your normal life is really relevant. This is brilliant. I'm so pleased about this. Yes, it's like the most stupid, mundane thing you can think about you did in your life. Sooner or later, it might come in handy in improv. Well, I spent a lot of time when I was younger trying to get like a band together and trying to write songs and it never really felt that I ever achieved anything. And then I discovered musical improv. It's like, oh, well, hang on a second. I was just practicing for that. That's brilliant. Yes. It's like all that time that had been wasted was actually in preparation for this. It's like, brilliant. <laughs> now I can use all my stupid knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What stupid things do you know about that you like to bring into your improv? Oh, oh my God. You're asking the hard questions yeah, that's, here. That's very much my style. It's the hard questions. It's like, I don't know, some, sometimes I remember stuff like, okay, that's not really like filthy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember stuff like uh, once reading in a medicine magazine that you have better orgasms when you have your socks on because the blood circulation is better in your body. And stuff like that. Are you sure you're not British? Because that sounds like a uniquely British way to uh, achieve orgasm is one, with one sock on. <laughs> I can't believe we're from mainland Europe. With your funny ideas. No, it's, it's more about like the, the stuff like having that knowledge. That, I mean, ideally fully clothed that, would be perfect. That's like really weird, but you still can incorporate it. <laughs> Or also when you watch certain movies and you, you, you see a thing then in the movie and you're like, oh yeah, that's that's pretty nice. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've once seen, um, I, I don't remember the name of the movie, but it was a silent movie uh, about a bank robbery. <laughs> right. And I saw that movie... And it's also, it's one of the things I really like to do. I could do a hundred improvised bank robberies that are completely different from one another. Really? Because that sounds like an Edinburgh show uh, right away. Uh, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Bank robberies. Yes. And yet you have no real interest in bank robberies in real life. I'm just wondering. <laughs> no, not really. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, uh, yeah, so you were watching this silent film about a bank robbery and you took stuff away that you could then use in your improv? Or? Uh, it was more like the idea of, uh, wow, there are so many things in a bank you can, like, <laughs> make scenes out of and so many relationships. And, yeah, it's one of those things where you then go into your real life and start looking at your everyday life also differently. Yes. Which is a wonderful thing, because when I go to the supermarket now, 
I, I'm one of those creepy people watching other people do their <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I have thought about, because um, I teach web design to adults, and I have thought about uh, playing it in character. Just doing oh, a character yeah. for six weeks and see if I can maintain the character <laughs> over the six weeks. But it's hard enough teaching people web design without then thinking, what would, how would my character express this? What would she do? You know, it's like... I can't imagine. If, you, if you're a good teacher, it takes a lot of energy. Yes. And it's, it's for me, improv also helped me in my teaching career. Even if I don't do a character, <laughs> which yeah, yeah, yeah. as a primary school teacher, I have the big benefit of also doing. <laughs> uh, it's still like um, the way you see learning also changed. I've always been really interested in education from a very young age onward. And education for me is a thing that's not only there to stuff knowledge into your head, but real education is connecting different things together to help you succeed uh, being happy with your life and having a joyful life. Wow. And improv brought an other, like, um, an other aspect of all that into the things I already knew about education. And it's also education also helps me in improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you suddenly see when people are really stressed, they cannot learn. It's a fact. It's like Ken Robinson, wonderful man. Um, he talks about it a lot. Under stress, you just cannot learn. Yes. Because your brain is occupied with being angsty and being like totally freaked out by whatever you have to do. Hmm. And you cannot concentrate on the actual thing you should do yes so um that's the same for on stage as off stage yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's why i think that really good improv teachers always provide an environment that is really safe mm. where you really can make those mistakes that everybody in improv is like make mistakes make yeah, mistakes yeah, yeah, yeah. but if you don't have the environment yeah. where you can mistakes without fear then it's it's useless to tell a person what to do you have to have yes. the feeling behind it yes and that's something i've discovered here in london a lot you have a lot of wonderful teachers who consciously or subconsciously know that fact that if people are angsty and if people are like crampy and oh my god then they cannot do improvising at their full potential because they're always worrying mm. and then there will come the time when you transfer that onto the stage and don't get me wrong i don't mean like being like hyper hyper and energetic and feeling like really pushed before going on stage because if that little spark isn't there, I probably think it wouldn't be as much fun as it is. As it is. Yes. It's like you always... But there's a difference between having that nerves and those excitement yes. and being terrified that you're going to have to either yeah. fight or you know run away, that sort of thing. And it sometimes is still really hard for me, mostly, I admit, when people are watching um, whose opinion really matter to me. Right, yes. <laughs> and... Usually, I don't care how ugly I am on stage or how stupid I am. It's 
I, I revel in that stuff. <laughs> but I feel myself like having really to breathe through at the beginning of a show when I know there are people I really value their opinion. Yeah. I, I kind of, they have a certain kind of picture, mostly friends, yeah, yeah. they have a certain kind of picture of me and you kind of want to hold on to that to a certain degree, but then there comes the point where you have to decide and just like be yourself and hope that you're still loved. Yes. Which sounds so stupid and, and like so complex, but for me, especially as a woman, I feel that pressure a lot. Uh, of, of being like the the nice girl with the blonde hair, <laughs> but actually, in improv, you've dis you discover you so so much more, and it's okay to be all that those things, and I wouldn't go back, yeah. definitely, yeah. never, ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The discovery is about oneself. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're, you're thinking that um, if you aren't nice on stage, then people won't like you? Is that the... Uh, no, that's not, the, not really the issue. It's more that um, in improv, you sometimes would do stuff that you would never do in real life. That is true. And I don't know. At the beginning, mostly at the beginning, I really sometimes had the fear that people thought those were my views in real life right. sometimes. Yes, 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 yes. And to translate my characters into real life, but it's not stand-up comedy, it's improvisational theatre. Yes. And for me, as a person coming from drama, for me, the thing yeah. is, characters really matter to me. <coughs> and like having uh, really strong character choices is one of the most fun for me personally. Yes. So, going from that uh, that image you have in real life to the improv stage, and then also on imp in, on the improv stage, I had a I had sometimes still have I admit it I sometimes still have a hard time between the balance of me and the group. Right. Because on one hand, uh, I'm a hundred percent, a hundred percent for supporting all the players. But I've discovered that if you really want to do it for a longer time, you also have to value yourself mm. and you have to like yourself. Yeah. And you have to take sometimes a space for yourself. Yes. And not always uh, be on the line and be like, okay, what does that other person need? Like, <coughs> in a constant thing. And when you work together with really people you connect with on a personal level, it becomes so much easier. Like the best improv I've ever done is with people I really like. Yes. Because the boundaries aren't there. There's never like the question of does the person value me and also there isn't the question of uh, can I do that and not totally freak out my other <laughs> player yes and that's a wonderful thing yes no it is great when you yeah you do know people and you do trust them and you know what's gonna you know they're gonna find acceptable and what you know would be unacceptable yeah. and, you know, 
Uh, that's why I enjoy working with a group rather than, say, a jam, because with a yes. jam, I'm like, there's so much to try and take in, and quite often you're working with people that you've not met before, and it's like, you don't know what they've done before, you know, I don't know, it's hard. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I've done with so many different people here in London Improvisation, and I improvise to a certain degree quite differ differently in a jam than I would in, with a group. Like I have back in Austria, I have an improv group with lovely and adorable people. <laughs> no, really, they, they are the best. <laughs> and uh, there I can make choices I probably wouldn't sometimes dare to make in a jam. Uh, especially if I know that person hasn't done improvising for a long time or I don't know the history of improvising. Mm. And then you get to the stuff where, where you get really into the unknown and where you suddenly do things that are so out of comfort zone, so out of what you usually would do because then the other person also brings in the choice that you may or may not anticipate. <laughs> and out of those choices, those characters build up and build up and build up. Yeah. And you can, yes, ending and still go into like really weird directions that make so much sense on some level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the real joy of then improvising with people you improvise for with for a long time yes yes so when you're when you're approaching a jam do you say you approach a jam differently is that, is that how do you um because i find jams terrifying i find them mildly <laughs> less terrifying than i did when i first started them but there was a long period where it's like i'm not really enjoying this and then each time i did it i still wouldn't be enjoying it but it'd be slightly less not enjoying it and eventually I, I could probably get to the stage where I think oh this is right. Let's say the big difference for me is with my group I look at a person and I'm like okay we're in a comfortable situation now I'm going to do something that's really <laughs> messing up <laughs> what you're doing. In a jam situation um, I usually would look at a person and even if I don't know the person, try to anticipate what is a thing that that person would enjoy doing. Oh, that's a lovely, yeah, that's a lovely way to think about it, isn't it? And like uh, I see that, that a lot of people just want in improv the higher status to a certain degree to feel comfortable. Mm. And if I have the feeling then in a jam that that thing of comfort doesn't depend if it's high or low status is reached and you can do status switches you can like mess a little but I I would never um, bring a person I don't know well I don't know the history of into a position that's really uncomfortable for them right, yes. while with players I've been with for a long time <laughs> you revel I, I usually would do that. I, I would give a person where I know they hate poems. I, I would bring them to, the, to say a poem because I know that deep inside, even though they might hate it at yeah, that yeah, second, yeah, yeah. they still would do it and be proud of themselves yes, in, yes. in the end. 
Now that is a lovely thing when you know people in that way. Yeah. And you can just think, oh, I know they hate doing that, but they sort of love doing it, even though they hate doing it. And I love it when they do that. And so. also, again, it's like with your group, you also know what they like. Yeah, yeah. So when they do something like that, you reward them with something nice. <laughs> wow, yeah. yeah. You've really got the uh, psychology of this down. It's like, you know, punish them, then reward them, punish them, then reward them. Yeah. And it's the other way around too. I mean, it wouldn't be as much fun for me if they weren't like sometimes messing with me yeah, and, yeah. and be like, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't expect that, did you? <laughs> And that's the wonderful thing there. So you, if someone was going to reward you, um, they would give you scenes about the Mafia, <laughs> or s- <laughs> scenes set in the Wild West. <laughs> what else would, would uh, someone improvising with you give you as a reward? Uh, what does it you particularly like to do? Everything physical. <laughs> it's like, I re- I'm really into miming. Oh, yeah. I'm really into um, using the whole stage. Yes, no, I love that too. Yeah, yeah. Having objects on the stage, like uh, when you, for example, have two chairs and table that you can use during improvisation. Those things for me aren't two chairs and a table. Those things are possibilities. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's so nice when you, when you then like... Uh, make a table and turn it around and suddenly it's a spaceship or i don't know take a chair and make it a weird hat (laughs) Um, for short periods of time i think for short periods of time you always have to hold it up there (laughs) it's still it's it's the possibilities of physicality on stage are so huge yes so you're talking about using existing objects as either themselves or as another object. And of- also using yourself. Oh, right. It's like uh, it, you can be an object on stage. Yes. You, you don't have to be a person. You can be an animal. Um, the way your character carries him or herself. I, for example, I'm very much a person who works from the outside in. I go into a body position and like take from the position the feeling of what, who I am. Yes. yes. Which helps me personally a lot. I know other people who do it with their voices. Yeah. But for me, it's like physicality, but I'm also very visual. Mm. It's when I do improv, I don't see the stage. I see the setting we're wow. in. Wow. Like in sometimes ridiculous details. <laughs> Brilliant. Like when you're in the castle and you actually see like a throne there with steps going up and portraits hanging on the walls without scene painting it. That's the moment I know I'm really comfortable in that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I must try and do that. That's it. That's really, for me, it's so helpful and it's another aspect that I really like. and. Then you can bring it to life through scene painting. Mm. And if your like partner then starts to do some scene painting too, that picture suddenly shifts and it becomes something different from from what you as one person knows yes. to that thing of two people knowing stuff yeah. and bringing together stuff and it becomes bigger. And 
that's the main thing about improv for me. It's the being together and bringing knowledge together. Yes. And not only brainy knowledge, but also emotional knowledge. Yes. And then build up on that. Because in every improv scene, you learn something about yourself, the other person, and your mutual understanding. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and that's one of my favorite things, is to have that shared world that you have created together. And um, when you're working with somebody and you know they've just really paid attention to the things you've done, yes. things they've done, and they've just remembered it, it just makes the whole world seem so much more real. Um, this guy called Jerry, who um, I was doing the um, uh, Katie Shoot uh, musical course, and I was playing this soldier uh, who wanted to go off and have all these adventures. And I just basically, I'm doing it now, you can't see this on audio, but I basically... Just, I see it. I just, I just held a spear, just held a spear all throughout the song. And then at the end of the song, I was going to go off and have these adventures. And Jerry just came over and just took the spear out of my hand. And I just thought, oh, that was just beautiful because it's like, you know, he just, he'd seen it and it just needed, oh, yes. it was just like so well observed. And it was such a small thing. I don't even know how many people noticed it, but I was like, that's just made the world real for me. So that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean. It's when a mime an object, like out of nothingness, I actually have to put it somewhere oh, yeah, yeah, because yes. otherwise it's it kind of sticks to my hand. <laughs> yes. I don't know if that makes any sense or it falls down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm really bothered by it, even if I only do it in practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's if you have that real object in your hand and mostly it's cups and improv mm. <laughs> for some weird reason. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like also in the improv, I say it's like. Every person always pours themselves a cup of tea or I think that's just any liquid. I think that's just English. Yeah. I think it's just England. That's just what we do. <laughs> no, it's international. Really? Marvellous. Yeah, we do it in Austria too. Well, I, I find that a great relief. Yes. Marvellous. <laughs> but still, it, it like, I don't know. I, I find it really lovely when people who's, who just started out in improv like suddenly throw the cup away. Uh, okay, so... We know what to do to reward you. We give you stuff that's physical, the stuff that's to do with the mafia or to do with westerns. Uh, if someone were to punish you, give me a song. Give you a song. <laughs> you were good. You've got. You're properly trained. Singing now. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've trained it, but still, it's it scares me so much doing um, doing musical improvisation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a way where thanks to the course I did now and the support of the people I did it with, I'm now at a point where it's something I'm not super excited about doing <laughs> it, but I would brave one time through it yeah, and yeah, yeah. then become excited about yes, it. Yes. Because I don't know, it's like, that, that's the secret superpower of improv. Become excited about what you're doing. If you're thinking like, oh no, I cannot do something with that suggestion or, oh no, that's not what I want to do. It's the moment it loses its spark. And the moment you're like, I really have no idea what in that world exists, but I'm going into it full time. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to commit to that and make it magical and try to give the other person what they want yes 
it's yeah it then becomes a bigger thing again and it becomes a really great scene and it's also helpful for life becoming excited about things you usually may not be super into yes yes no, I think I think it's uh... like traveling with the tube <laughs> <laughs> on rush hour you can be like oh my god so many people to watch <laughs> <laughs> yes or this is what we call an adventure yes isn't it so you're going to be leaving London soon yes in don't a go. week <laughs> don't go I've probably come back <laughs> so what's next for you uh, next I'm traveling on the uh, I'm first traveling for the holidays back to Austria and then I'm off traveling to Hanoi in Vietnam Wow and I've connected with some lovely people there and I'm uh, going to teach an improv long form wow. called The Seven Year Itch. Then I'm traveling down through Vietnam and Cambodia to Bangkok where uh, there apparently also is an improv scene. Wow, excellent. Is, I, I, I'm totally excited for it and I'm really curious also about it yeah. because London has brought so much to my experience of improv and it will be so exciting to see what Asia is in improv like. Yeah, definitely. And I'm then off to Australia too. Wow. Where, of course, I also do improvisation. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> I, I, I'm so, like, like, I have so many facets. <laughs> uh, and then I'm off to New York where... Oh my God, what can I do in New York? I don't know, maybe improvisation. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Traveling down to Miami and then I'm back in Europe for a month and then I'm going to Rhode Island for the Ocean Improv Festival. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I made this. That's improv! <laughs> 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 <laughs>